1: Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Let me start off by sending my best wishes and thoughts to uh, Dak Prescott. Here's a guy that's only been a gentleman since he's been in the league. And no matter what his contract situation was, he always showed up for his teammates. Uh, A lot of speculation about his contract and what's going to happen. I don't think you can really speculate on it until uh, you see the job that uh, Andy... Uh, Dalton does. Uh, I don't really see any significant change in that offense. Andy Dalton is pretty good. I don't think he's Dak, but uh, he's pretty good. I'm just saying, hope you had a good night. Hope you have a good night tonight. Take care. Stay safe.
2: Boom.
0: The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys?
2: Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed?
3: Well, Kyler's coming home to take on the Cowboys Sands Dak. Plus, Andy, this coming Monday at Jerry World. But can the defense get something going against Coach Bro? And can Andy keep something going on offense? We will find it out on Monday. And we shall preview it all here on About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent Garrison, producing as always. Excited to welcome in our panel for this episode. But I got to let you know that you need to cash in your dollar over at theathletic.com About Them Cowboys. Get access to The Athletic. Listen to this show ad-free on our app over there as well, and you're going to want to get our coverage because we got a lot coming up next week. Bob Sturm's got his film breakdown, of course, and you're going to want to read John Mishoda's coverage of Dax injury that came out this week. It's all excellent stuff, which is par for the course, but let's welcome in our panel. First, I want to welcome in a first-time guest. You might know her from her role for the past, I don't know, decade or so over at DallasCowboys.com. We're on their podcasts, videos, all kinds of stuff. Welcome Taylor Stern to the show. Hey, Taylor.
2: Hi, Kent. I know, um, you know, I've worked with you all, but it seems like it has been decades, and especially 2020 has been about three decades. So, (laughs) you know, we're just getting to the century mark very quickly. So thank you for having me. Of course. I love to see your faces because I haven't seen you guys in, you know, eight months.
3: I know we're we're all all used to be buddies. We all used to hang around around the locker room. And remember, open locker room, by the way, that was a that was a time. But yes, it's good to have you. Uh, it's a long time coming. I know you have got a lot to say about this team, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get it going here pretty soon. But let's welcome in from the Athletic Father John Machoda, and from the Ben and Skin Show Kevin KT Fun Tweets Turner. Hey guys, welcome back. Time to talk Cardinals. Thank you
4: very much, Kent. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Taylor, for joining us. Good to see you again. And um, John, it's Wednesday when we're recording this, so we're way ahead of the game. I'll start with you, and then Taylor. I'd like to hear you. Are you guys forty-eight to seventy-two hours after the terrible thing that happened on Sunday? Are you guys feeling just a a little better? Like, I know we're all feeling like bad for Dak and everything, but like, outlook on the team and the season are feeling any better? Or where are you at on that?
1: I mean, I feel bad for him, uh, obviously. Of course. Um, but in terms of like the team, I really don't feel that much different about the team than I did a week ago. I just, I, I don't buy that the defense, what they did against the Giants is just what we're going to see from here on out. And if the defense isn't better, then it really doesn't matter. Like, I do think like, okay, so with Dak, I would say I could still see them winning maybe nine games this year, 10, something like that. With Andy Dalton, I can see them winning seven or eight, and that might be good enough to win the division. So I haven't, in terms of the team, I, it hasn't changed a lot for me. Um, I think that they're good enough to make the playoffs and probably lose their first game in the playoffs, unless the defense gets considerably better between now and at the end of the year. But, I mean, yeah, for Dak, though, I just, oh, man, that's the, that's one of the most stunning things that I've ever seen. And, and um, not to say that, like, because I've seen, like I was watching that Louisville game, when Kevin Ware's bone came out of his leg and I've, I've seen that Paul George injury and things like that, but I guess because of Dak and, and thinking that, Hey, this guy carried the ball like 15 times a game in college. And uh, he's built like a linebacker, like he's never going to get hurt. And if he does, it'll be something he can play through like last year with, with the shoulder. And then just to see everything like in a split second, boom, done for the season. And then you start factoring his contract and all that, like that's still heavily on my mind. I don't know if that's going to go away for another couple of weeks, but um but in terms of the team like i don't see any like drastic you know differences there
2: yes i mean yeah that was a gruesome injury and you're right uh john i think we've all kind of seen those bad injuries through the years that you're just like i wish i hadn't seen that but i think the emotion from dak was really uh it resonated with a lot of people where it felt like, oh my gosh, this is not a normal injury for this guy because you're right. Last year when he was dealing with the shoulder, you know, you saw him kind of suffering through it, but it was almost like he was just playing through it no matter what. And then when he was just bawling his eyeballs out and you see the entire bench is clear to come over and, you know, say goodbye to him. That's a, that's a hard image to forget, hard moment to forget, especially when it's such a passionate game with Garrett on the other sideline, Tony Romo calling the game. It felt pretty impactful. And so I think it will take a little bit until we're all kind of recovered from that. Now, for the team, though, I think this is the best week for them to have a Monday night football game. You get an extra day, kind of an extra day to recoup. The big thing that I am worried about, though, is that Dak was having such good – connection with the different wide receivers because he had been doing so much of the work in the off season with them. So I'm curious how Andy's going to kind of step in there and, you know, relate to these receivers. I'm sure he's been working with them a lot during practice this week, but it's just something that like, I felt like Dak, you know, CD and him were really connected from this jump. So I'm curious to see that. And then the other thing is, is this defense going to be okay? Are they missing too many key pieces now? You know, you don't have Leighton, you don't have Sean. Like, I know some of these guys are coming back off of IR eventually, but it's like, do you do you have enough guys on that defense to maintain? And will they establish the run early and not just in the second half?
4: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Taylor. Now, I want to go back to Andy Dalton in a second, but I'm glad you talked defense. John, can you kind of update us on, possible defensive reinforcements this week?
1: Yeah, they could be getting back. Um, Yeah, several guys, actually. Um, It looks like there's a decent chance that Leighton could come back. He was doing some stuff in practice the previous week. It seems like, you know, this is kind of pushing it. It could be kind of early, but they has not been ruled out for this game, and I think that that would be your most important piece that you could be getting back there. There's also uh, Cheeto is still working his way back, so... There's some there's some help there, but the big problem is that you're not getting help at defensive tackle, and that's what I think has become like the weakest spot. I mean, obviously, safety is always going to be there. We're going to talk about how weak safety is uh, until my final year covering this team. So I just get take that. I just pass that along. So um, when you got Stephen Parker playing 20 whatever snaps in that game, but anyway, um, but defensive tackle that's where like they need the help right now, and I I don't see a lot of help coming there. So that's that's a problem offensively um, they could be getting back Cameron Irving, but even with him coming back, I don't know if that changes their plan with, with Terrence Steele at right tackle. I, I really think that they want to try and build this chemistry with that group that they've been starting uh, because that's what McCarthy keeps hammering home is the chemistry, the chemistry, the chemistry and on the offensive line. And I, I just think that they're going to give, they're going to keep going with him and unless it's an emergency situation because like before the game started on Sunday, you know I always I like to watch what they do in the pregame warm up stuff, like about fifteen minutes before the game starts because usually they're gonna line up with what they're gonna roll within the game. And so Terrence Steele did when was it the first team right tackle for like the first three plays that they did, And then he came out and Greg Sanat went in, who is a guy that they added recently. But it just, you could tell what they were doing is they were like, hey, if this goes badly like it did against the Browns, we're going to move in somebody else. We're not just going to keep going with, with Steele. And so he held up all right, so they stayed with him. So I'm wondering if Cameron Irving will kind of work in there too, where it's like, hey, if this thing starts falling apart, Cam, you got to go in there. But I don't think that they look at him as like going to be this significant upgrade either. So this is pretty much what you got here on the offensive line.
4: And I can tell you from my experience from following the Packers, that that is a huge thing. I mean, for years of of TJ Lang and it's Josh Sitton and those guys, they're like, okay, we're going to keep these guys in there and we're not going to move anyone if we can. And if our left tackle is a weak link, let's just try to keep these five guys together. And one guy goes down, we have four of them. So I understand what he's going for. He's trying to get – um, cohesion and all that stuff. And I, th- I do think that matters to an extent. It, it does,
1: I, but I'm, I'm, I'm real interested on the whole Zach Martin thing. Like does Zach Martin not want to play right tackle? Cause Zach Martin is a better right tackle than any of the tackles that they have on the team. Like, the, like if you were like, who are the best tackles on the Cowboys roster, including the guys that are on IR, I'd be like Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin. So if he's staying in there, clearly you know that you're not getting any tackle help. Like, I don't want to get too far off on this, but like, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, like people are like, Hey, should they trade for a tackle? Should they trade for this? Like they're not trading for anybody. They don't have anything to trade and they're not giving up draft picks because they need those draft picks. So that's going to be how they fill out this roster after they pay back. So they're not getting any major help there here. Wh- what you have is what you, what you're going to have for the rest of the season. So Zach Martin, I feel like should be, their starting right tackle, but maybe he doesn't want to play right tackle and just feels more comfortable at guard. And so that's yeah. why they're leaving him there.
2: Well, and the only reason I say this because he's the most veteran guy in that room. I mean, I feel like he has the say to do what he wants to do, and they would let him do that, so maybe you're exactly right.
4: And, and also, there are teams um, and coaching staffs that do value interior offensive linemen more than the tackles, like really investing at the guard position. So maybe that's part of it. I can't help but think about the idea. And again, I'm with you, John. I don't want to go down this path too far, but I can't help but think about Connor Williams History playing tackle at Texas and think about third round pick Connor McGovern from two years ago. I can't help but wonder if he could help you at some point. And my gut would be no if you're running Terrence Steele out there at right tackle. That tells me they don't think Connor McGovern can help them. This is me. Yeah, I- and
2: wasn't it wasn't it fun when this O line was just consistent throughout a season? When weren't tw- those good days?
4: Twenty twenty they- has taught they- us to not take things for granted, hasn't it?
1: Yeah. They were they were good days, but I'll tell you what would be kind of wild is if this team does win nine or ten games and wins the division, hosts a, a playoff game, because then you could really make the argument, you're like, is the offensive line really that worth it? Because I've seen this team spend first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick, and they never really, like, that's the thing, like, while it was great at that time, like, what do they really, because here's, here's my thing, and I've said it on here before, like, we're talking Tyron Smith and Zach Martin- like ring of honor guys Travis Frederick if he kept playing was ring of honor guys and you're like looking at it you're like they didn't it's not like they made like a super bowl run in any of those years you know I mean so yeah. I don't know I, and and I can see like a little bit of that transition starting right now I don't I wonder, the days are gone what, of drafting those first round picks like that
2: Yeah I wonder what Witten would have to say to that you know because he's seen a lot of these Cowboys teams back in the day like yeah. where would he where would he stand on that <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sure he'd want, he'd want the best offensive line. I mean, obviously that helps him as well, but I'm saying like, if you're for me personally, I just feel like if you're asking me the difference between if I have to invest in one line, I'm investing in the defensive line.
4: Yeah, no. And, and I think, I think they've shown that they're willing to do that. Just, you know, just got to hit on some of these guys as well. Um, and look, Tristan Hill was improving, you know, um, it was that was a tough one that got covered up, you know, that uh, out for the season with a torn ACL. Um, I, what well, you said though a minute ago about if they win nine to ten games, and that seems crazy, but I want to tell you why I've got a little uh, – maybe I'm a little rejuvenated today. Um, I was just kind of goofing off this morning. I think morning. it's because you're drinking. No, 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 no. I wasn't drinking this morning when I found all this stuff out.
1: Oh, okay. I'm drinking
4: now because I had another obligation that I had to do that involved drinking. I didn't
1: even know that you were really drinking, but that's Yeah,
4: nice. so I'm not a uh, – no, nah, I wouldn't have to go that route. Um,
1: no, let's do that. No, well,
4: I did a FC Dallas um, uh, virtual um, happy hour, you know, because they play okay. tonight, and uh, so see, I'm wearing my jersey. Oh, I and, see. Uh, they yeah, have, uh, it's got my name on the back of the jersey, but it's brought to you by Heineken. So they, uh, yesterday I got home they from sponsored. work. Yesterday I got home <laughs> from work, and there were 48. I'm not joking. 48 bottles of Heineken right outside my apartment door. And I cannot believe that my neighbors didn't just steal them. Um, they ever let that's... you drink
1: on that, that happy hour show, Taylor?
2: Uh, I mean, we had little coffee cups that looked like coffee cups, but there was other <laughs> things inside of them. I
1: mean, it says and, happy hour, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we'd be sitting there and, and me and KT would be like, can you bring our coffee? And, you know, we had <laughs> when some things worked out.
4: I needed a drink the night that, uh, Rayfield Wright was the guest. He was coming at me hard. He was, <laughs> My favorite story. he was, he was grilling me. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Here's why, and I, I, I want you guys to understand. I understand this is a small sample size stats coming at you. Okay. But this is important to me. The Cowboys, their opponents are 13 and 12 this year and the Cowboys are two and three. Okay. Small sample size. I know. Let's go to the undefeateds in the NFL real quick. Would you like to take a look at this with me? How about this: the Seattle Seahawks are five and zero. Their opponents are seven and seventeen. The Packers are four and zero. Their opponents are four and fourteen. The Steelers are four and zero. Their opponents are three fifteen and one. The Titans are four and zero. Their opponents are seven and thirteen. If that doesn't tell you that this baby's wide open, I don't know what does. And we already know about the division. We don't have to talk about the Washington football team, the Eagles, or the Giants. We don't have to talk about them. We know what they are. I'm not sure that I know what Arizona is. And Arizona's got a better record than we do right now at 3-2. But I really am not sure what they are yet. They got a win in week one over San Francisco, who is a mess right now. Got beat 43-17 to the Dolphins last week. The 49ers are hurt and are a mess. They beat Washington, and they beat the Jets. I think we know how we feel about those teams. Their losses came to the Lions, John, and the Panthers. I mean, the Cardinals feel very 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight to me, and I know it's early, but I just I sit here, and on Monday, my attitude on all of this would have been different. Wednesday morning, I start going, you know what? Game coming up on Monday. The Cardinals cannot cover anybody. And
1: neither can the Cowboys.
4: Well, neither can the Cowboys, but you know, take your chances, right? Um, I just, I, am not as doom and gloom as maybe I was. I was looking at the next three games. If you go win on Monday night, get to 500, and then you've got, you know, a couple of division games with Philly and Washington coming right up. It's got a little chance here to, to maybe get a little positivity going. And I know there's a who lot of people who are
2: optimistic guy.
4: There's a lot of people are gonna be like rolling their eyes, and I'm like, well, hey, can we just have a little bit of cheer in a global pandemic? Uh, can we, can we just have a little bit of cheer? I, I, I just feel, I feel way better about things than I did on Monday. I, I, that's all I'm trying to get at. Is oh, anyone man. with me? I mean, am I the only one?
2: N- yeah, yeah, you maybe. might be the only one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and, well, because here's the thing. I mean, you just said it. Like all these teams that you said were still undefeated the one thing that I keep thinking of is like they were all intact from the year before. I think any team that is starting with a newer head coach or has a lot of new key pieces in their roster, they're struggling. And the fact of the matter is, is it's just what you said? It's a global pandemic year. You're in these oddball situations every week. Now it seems like, Oh yeah. The Thursday night game got moved to Monday. And now there's Tuesday night football. And then one day there is going to be Wednesday night football and you're going to have, you know, a triple header where they start at noon to watch during the lunch hour. And it's like, I just can't take it as seriously, unfortunately, because I don't know what to hold on hope for. Like, (laughs) what am I getting excited for? And it's a mess because there's so many injuries and I'm not going to say that there's so many injuries because there wasn't a full off season. I don't think that's necessarily the truth, but I do think, it's really, really challenging to play a football season this year, whether you're watching it or whether you're playing in it, to have the true, uh, I guess, normalcy.
3: Buy in, yeah. It's buy different. in. It's a different. It's a different. Uh, I don't. I want to say landscape. You know, and and what'll be interested, interesting for me is to see how, you know, guys like Justin Herbert adjust to. A regular season next year, you know, some of these rookies coming in, you know, you're coming into a situation with no preseason games, pretty pretty laxed off season in terms of the offense, um, the off season program in terms of rookie mini camp, in terms of training camp, um, you know, three days, things like that. Um, so I'll be interested to see like how some of these rookies that are doing really well adjust to like a, a regular season, you know, playing games in full stadiums at Arrowhead and things like that. So it's going to be an interesting. Uh, hopefully next year when uh, things are back to normal, hopefully if they are back to normal. But in terms of this year, man, what a statement win it would be Monday night if they beat <laughs> the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and this high-powered you know, DeAndre Hopkins offense, given what the Cowboys have and what the storyline's been for the past couple weeks with the Cowboys. I think it would be a, a huge statement win. I'm not saying I'm predicting it, but um, I think it would do a ton for the confidence of this team if they could pull out a win on Monday.
4: Well, I should say John? this too. Uh, well, I know John's. Uh, I don't think
2: the Cardinals
1: have. are really that good, to be honest with you. No, they're not. Like
2: they're, when th- when the they're not.
1: when the Lions can come in your house and beat you, like I'm really like. Mm, okay,
2: you're Detroit bias. You're Detroit bias there. I mean, I see
1: it. I just know they're not good. And if they can beat <laughs> the Cardinals, then I can't sit there and look. I'm like, ah, I don't know how you beat this team or something like it's red hot. Aaron Rodgers coming in here or something like. I mean, they're going to score a lot of points, but so are the Cowboys. Like, I just think it's going to be a really high scoring game. I think it's going to be just like the first five games where it's going to come down to the very end. Uh, the last couple of drives. It's, I mean, I could see it being in like the high 30s. Like, it, I, I just don't think that, I don't think that the Cowboys defense has all of a sudden gotten that much better. Even though I will say that last game, that's the best I've seen Jalen Smith play this season. That's the best I've seen Demarcus Lawrence play this season. So those are obviously positive signs. Um, but when do we get the game when, Demarcus Lawrence plays well and Everson Griffin plays well and Alden Smith plays well and Jalen Smith plays well and you know maybe it went somebody on the back end gets an interception you know like when does that happen then that's when you that's the really...
2: December Giants game like okay. when they just pull out a random NFC East win
1: right right so I don't know I just don't look at the the Cardinals like I know see what you know what uh, kind of affected things is that they beat the 49ers early on right that's what it was like and then like a lot of people got on that believing like that the cardinals are for real and all that i just don't know i mean i don't think it'll be that big of a win if they beat them like if like if all of a sudden they like they were playing monday night against what seattle or green bay what if it's green a statement bay.
2: win though what if it's like a just blowout like it's 41-14 cowboys
1: yeah for me it really depends on what it what i what the defense yeah. looks like cuz on the offense like I guess, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm not going to say I'm in the minority because I, I, I feel like some people believe in Andy Dalton. I, I don't think Andy Dalton is going to be that bad at all. I really don't. he's play, no, He's got plenty of experience playing behind bad offensive lines. And when he did have a lot of weapons, when he had, you know, Marvin Jones and A.J. Green early in his career, Muhammad Sanu, and that, like, I think that's, isn't that who they had his rookie years?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, year? and then,
1: yeah. Like, Tyler Eifert was still good. Like, when he had those weapons— he, I mean, he. I thought he played well. I talked to Bruce Gregkowski. He works for uh, Pro Football Focus. So he was the backup on those teams. And so I'm writing about this, uh, about Andy Dalton for tomorrow. And like he was even saying, like he said to me two different times, he goes, I think the offense might look better with Andy Dalton. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous to say that, but it's because people think that there's going to be more balance on it. And so like he's not going to put up the numbers that Dak did those first five weeks. I mean, those were like ridiculous numbers. Like he's not going to do that. But they're still going to put up points. I mean, there's just there's there's tons of talent on this team. They're just going to have to do it in a different way. It's the defense that'll be the thing. If they shut down Kyler Murray, they shut down those receivers: Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald, um, who who else am I? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Christian Kirk. They shut all those guys down, and they hold them to like you know 14 points or something like that. I would be yeah really impressed. I just I don't see that happening.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
4: This is where, though, my, my sunshine was coming in here. This division, you probably don't have to go win nine games. There's a chance you can get through this at seven or eight wins, which sounds nuts. And now, I don't want to go down the road of playoff bubble But you could be talking about playing at home all playoffs long. Possibly. Maybe not. But that's that's more down the road. I do think there's a couple things that Arizona will give you. Arizona leads the league in stalled drives. They've had 15 stalled drives. They will punch themselves in the face in the middle of a drive more than any other team in the league. Now I will say this. Cliff Kingsbury is 17 for 24 on fourth down since he's been the coach. A lot of times they're going for it. It's fourth and three. Just stay on the field, everyone. But, to me, a couple things, and these are, trust me, I know I'm flipping a penny into a wishing well, trust me. Like, a new scheme, I've always been a believer when you're redoing the defense and giving that thing a fair amount of time. I do not believe there's a full amount of talent on this team to make this defense even you know top half of the league. Top 20, maybe, does that get you by with, the, with this offense? It might. With Andy Dalton... I'm not worried about him as much as I am worried about, well, did the offensive line get him killed and that, that caused a, a ball to go up in the air or a fumble. I'm more worried about those types of things. But I saw this. I do not think the Cowboys are better you know, without Dak. I don't think anyone does. But I heard Booger McFarlane and Tony Dungy both kind of echo the same thing. They're like, well, this, now this team will go back to their identity. And their identity is give the ball to Zeke. And I just got to tell you, man, I just don't think that should be their identity. And I don't think it is because, look, it worked for a little bit when Dak got hurt and you were kind of running down the Giants throat. But, dude, if this team can't get ahead, that doesn't work. If they're playing from behind at all times, that does not work. But if they're ahead and they're able to go to that in the second half, I'm all about that. But they need to come out and fling it all over the field because the Cardinals can't cover. And I thought uh, you had a tweet, John, that was magnificent. And it was from Patrick Peterson, who is on some podcast that I would like to give credit to. But I don't know where it was. It's on your Twitter. And Patrick Peterson, uh, as I'm paraphrasing here, your tweet that I read earlier, Patrick Peterson is basically respecting the crap out of Andy Dalton. He's sitting there like saying that he could be a starter in this league. So I, I just think hey, but, like
1: but- – but that that quote, though, the way that that's what you took from it is funny to me, because that's not like what the headline was on it. It was the first part of that quote where it said, uh, we're going to we're going to we have to make Andy Dalton beat us. We got to stop the run. And so that was where it started. Do. And then that was but At I'm just,
2: is Mr. Glass half folded? No, but I'm like, just saying you like, can't tell him anything.
1: That's why, like a lot of times, like can
2: see the I don't,
1: I don't like just keeping like a quote and a tweet because sometimes it leaves out everything, and so sure. people were tweeting it just like that, and I was like, well, let me go listen to this, and um, and so I listened to the whole thing so that I mean you get the whole scope of it that obviously like he he thinks a lot of Andy Dalton, and what he said is not it's not wrong. That's what every team's gonna do, you know. Teams said that for the last three years about Dak, they're like, well, we have to let Dak has to be willing to beat us because frankly with that offensive line that they had in previous years in Ezekiel Elliott that's a, obviously you don't want that to get going because once that gets going you can't do anything then it's downhill you can't beat a team if they're just running all over we've seen that this year with this cowboys i mean they you can't beat the browns i don't care what goes on if you're letting them run for 307 yards you know if a team sure. gets running like that you know like that playoff game against against the rams where they had two backs over 100 yards, you just can't do anything about it it's game over so he wasn't. I don't think he was taking a shot, but you're right. He did. He and I think it was called like All Things Covered. It's his podcast. It's him and Bryant McFadden. Oh. I think they do oh, cool. it once a week or, or something like that. So yeah, that's what it was on.
2: Yeah, and I think you just you named off a ton of guys, KT, that have never played in AT and T Stadium as a Cardinal. Now yeah. they have played at AT and T Stadium many times in the college level. Cliff and of course Kyler and DeAndre played here when he was at the Texans, but like. I think that there is an interesting mindset that I've seen a lot of teams have before where they're like, hey, we're coming to AT&T Stadium, we're playing primetime. Cardinals don't have a ton of primetime games, and they might get revved up for it. And I think I'm interested to see, I think there was a lot of emotion with the Cowboys in the second half on the defense, on the offense. Can they carry that emotion positively this week, or does it actually hit them negatively now? you know, where they're so they're so caught up in it. I don't know. You know, I'm really curious to see what they'll do pregame-wise for that. Like, does Dak call in, you know, give a little pep talk? Could totally see him doing that. Zoom him in. Or Zoom. Hey, if Saban <laughs> is zooming into practice now, Dak can be there. Hey, I, I, think, I don't really mean that. Dak, rest up.
1: <laughs> think L- of you saying AT&T, AT&T Stadium real quick. I, gotta, I just got to mention this. Obviously, it's going to be a, a night game, so this won't be a factor, but – this past game, as, as they've run into the problems with the Sun, check this out. This is really good. So uh, Joe Judge does, and uh, it's like every Monday after their game, he does like a uh, show on their team's website. It's like 15 minutes where he, he looks back at three different plays and breaks them down. And it was good. I mean, it was like really detailed. Like I got done watching the one from the him reviewing the Cowboys game, and I went back and started watching the one from their week one opponent. I'm going to watch every one that he does. They're, I mean, he's really detailed. And he broke down on one of the special teams plays a kickoff to Tony Pollard and talked about how everybody lined up where they were, where they were going to go and everything and how the kicker was kicking in this one area, like where the sun was so that it would so it would take Tony Pollard a half a second more to like kind of have to gather himself. And sure enough, the guy kicks it off like right in there are certain areas in the end zone that there was sun at. I was just like, there's just like little things like that that I wouldn't even think of. But with AT&T Stadium being like that, and it is re- crazy on that field during those games. It is crazy. It just doesn't think it doesn't seem like on what I think is one of if not the best stadiums in sports that there are those issues. But it it's wild that coaches will find any of that stuff,
4: dude. It's it's a huge flaw that that stadium. Like I've grown to, to dislike the three twenty five home game. Yeah, because I
1: just don't. And need, they play in it a lot because of the team that they is. are.
4: And I don't think games need to be have any like that shouldn't impact the game at all, and it does. It's amazing that you no built one that thing, that that stadium, the way you built it, and you have that huge flaw. Oh, yeah, so no one
3: thought of it. No, no one, one thought of, thought of it. Of it. Yeah, oh, it's, it's not really. No, no, no. Thing. I don't they just think put it's a, a stadium out there. And then they got out there one afternoon. They're like, "Wait, the sun kind of comes in that window." Oh well. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a flaw though. I wouldn't call it a flaw. There's a way around. I mean,
1: they've had basketball games there where they put up the, the curtains. They can put those curtains up. They just don't want to do they, it.
3: They say it's part of the aesthetic of the stadium, right. and they refuse to admit that they were wrong in how they designed it for Cowboys games. You know? And they have and, to leave them open now because they
1: have to have those doors open so they can call it an outdoor game. Right? Because like as right. you're seeing in New Orleans, where they're not going to... I don't know what the latest is with that, but they were going to talk about playing in Baton Rouge. The Saints were. Um, but they have to have those doors open to be able to allow to have games there. So it's technically like an outdoor. So like the sun's so gonna definitely going to be doors
2: there. open all season long. All
1: season long. Yeah. Oh so it's going to be interesting It'll when, float. like if it gets really cold out, cause
2: well, I mean, rain. It's be there. I mean yeah.
1: well, yeah, the rain hasn't been, they haven't had that issue, but it was like 97, uh, you know, during, so I mean, yeah, so yeah, so obviously that, you know, the AC bill is probably ridiculous, but I mean, I'm not paying it. So
2: <laughs> Yeah. They have a sponsor for that.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're fine on sponsors. No, I
2: think the yeah. doors,
1: seriously, I do. I, I think the doors have to, they've been open for every game up to this point. I think they have to be open for uh, all games uh, for the rest it's of funny. the season.
3: It's funny. Yeah, you're right, John. That is, you know, you go to a concert there, the Final Four or something, and those curtains are up, but... Oh my God, no Cowboys curtains games, wouldn't have been and up there's a during chance that Final Four could, games? Yeah, that the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times we'd talk to Jason Witten or Dez after a game, and they would mention that the sun was in their eyes, and... But I'm not going to make excuses. That's what they would say. See, how someone's was in my eyes, but I, that's not. That's no excuse. Like, Hellman well, has yeah, been to
2: so of. many Kenny Chesney concerts there, and yeah. you know, they definitely put up the they put up the curtains there. Like Dave just tells me, if he can't see Kenny, he has an issue, right. and so he's always. He's always just requesting. Yeah, put if those it means up, making Kenny Vince
3: Chesney. McMahon happy, we're going to put up the curtains. But I don't, it don't think it's Kenny Chesley. Giving well, our not on Sundays. It, no, it's it, Taylor
4: Swift. It Slett. is. It's Taylor no, Swift. It's, Ke- oh, well, it's Kenny Chesley. I know Dave's got that she thinks my tractor sexy tattoo, and I saw he's it.
2: He's so obsessed with that. Yeah. It was like, it was after an LSU win, and KT and I, we talked him into like four El Chapos, wasn't it?
3: Tat- Tat- yes. Tattoo is doing it lightly. Choppos. I would say back piece.
2: Yeah. That, That's what
3: the back piece, yeah. Yeah.
2: Full John it Deere. A, He's got that cowboy
4: hat on. That's amazing. A little straw hat.
2: It's a mural. You, you, it's an absolute mural masterpiece. He
1: used to we did four El Trapos.
2: <laughs> That's not a lie for sometimes with Dave. Like, you know, but see, Dave's the kind of guy who's like, every time he sees the sun, he says something negative. Like, we already know this. It's been established. But like, Dave's the kind of guy who's like, Hey guys, sun's back. It's like, yeah, it comes up every day, Dave. Thanks.
3: Taylor's the kind of real. girl that'll that'll bring Dave right back down to earth, too. You know, <laughs> 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 they're that kind of relationship.
4: Yeah. LSU one and two for the first time since 1994. What? Oh um, man, I, that is tough. Small sample size uh, stat again. Can I throw that out there? Because you're yes. talking about the stadiums and stuff. Arizona three and O this year in empty stadiums with no fans. in stadiums that had an attendance. Granted, one of them only had 750 people in Detroit, but still 0-2 with people. Small sample size stat to throw out there. Cowboys are winning Monday night.
1: I think it's interesting that Mike McCarthy mentioned, and we've seen these offensive numbers for all the teams are are really up this year other than the New York Giants, But uh, unless when they play the Cowboys. But um, he uh, he was saying that – it just makes it a lot easier on the communication because you're playing in these stadiums that have no fans or fewer fans. So it's it's the communication is just so much smoother on offense. And that's why I think that it's probably contributed to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow making such an easy transition. And I shouldn't say easy, but a smoother transition than you would normally think from the high draft quarterbacks. I just, just
2: go, go ahead, on. Sorry. <laughs> no, go I on. I just going to say. I uh, just got a conspiracy theory up in my head really quickly yes, about love um, Dak and quarterbacks. Um, Kent and I did just a small little thing documentary where we discuss that Dak has always, when he's replaced a quarterback from injury, he has taken over his starter and they've never started another game. But we've never seen, we've never seen what happens when it's the reverse. You know, mm-hmm. now, yeah. now we won't get to see it this season, obviously, because he's out for the season. But is there a controversial storyline that Andy Dalton is their man? Do we predict that today on October fourteenth, twenty twenty, that well, there's going to be an Andy Dalton versus Dak Prescott debate? Right, hey,
1: <laughs> let me give, okay, and then I want to throw out a con- conspiracy theory too. That if we're going to go this far, we're uh, turning to Q eight on what if. <laughs> What if Andy Dalton saves Dak De- Prescott's job because he's going to be good enough to win seven or eight games, where if they would have had Cooper Rush as the backup, they might have been so terrible they didn't win any more games, and the Cowboys have the first overall pick. And if you get a chance to draft Trevor Lawrence, I don't know how you're not doing that.
4: Okay, Trevor so Lawrence
1: I- is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And when a- when the Colts had the number one overall pick with Peyton Manning, who clearly still had – Plenty of gas left in the tank, considering the numbers you put up in Denver and then went on to win a Super Bowl. They still took Andrew Luck, because when you're put in that situation... Now, granted, you have to be super terrible, like they probably wouldn't be able to win another yeah. game to get in yeah. Trevor Lawrence, but I'm Jet saying, giant. I don't know that that happens if... But with Andy Dalton, there's no way they're going to be anywhere close to getting one of those elite draft picks where you'd even think about that. So, obviously, I don't think that there's any... I shouldn't say anyway, but I'm very confident, as long as... Dak heals up and and uh, and gets back to where he was before. He's going to be their franchise quarterback, and, and that might even mean franchise tag again this for a second season. But like, if you ask me right now, who's going to be the Cowboys' quarterback
3: five years from now? I feel pretty confident it's going to still be Dak Prescott. Yeah, John. I was looking at Pro Football out, uh, or Football Outsiders the other day, and right now they have the Cowboys as a seventeen percent chance to get a top five pick. Where they're away they're currently going, and then even less of a percent to have the number one pick, so I wouldn't I don't know just for the the listener out there, I wouldn't get too hyped up about the Trevor Lawrence possibility um, but here's a question for you what if that what if i mean this is crazy scenario an all time crazy scenario, but what if the cowboys have a full go full Nick Foles this season and win the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton then what kind of That's position what I'm does that saying put
2: him Kent? In? That well, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no. And I love some, Dak.
1: Yeah, yeah. If something like that happened, um, yeah, then you'd have to revisit everything because I mean, I I'll say I mean I the since I've covered the team, the thing I've been most wrong about that I will admit to, like even going up to the start right before the game, I was so convinced that Tony was getting the job back as soon as he was healthy enough. Mm-hmm. I was stunned that Jason Garrett mm-hmm. stuck with Dak Prescott. Just and that just that only had to do with myself being around Jason Garrett, covering Jason Garrett, walk offs, everything. I was like, I don't care what anybody says. They can say the organization say what they want. They're going back to Tony. I guarantee you, Tony gets the job back. I don't care how many games they win. And that shows you when you start winning, that that doesn't that things change quickly. And and the thing about Philly is if you, if you want to take it away from the Cowboys, just think about if it was the same situation in Philadelphia where they hadn't signed Carson Wentz. You know, he was obviously on an MVP-type level that season before he got hurt. If they had not signed him at that point, do they sit there and let Nick Foles go? I think, I mean, they were, their hand was forced because they had already given Carson Wentz a new contract. So he was going to be their guy. But, I mean, Nick Foles just took you to a Super Bowl. I mean, there, there is something to be said for that. Now, I mean, if Andy Dalton takes him to Super Bowl, then, yeah, things could, things just, could hey, change. I just don't hey, see that happening.
2: What did Toning say? Football is a meritocracy. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I always
1: say. I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because you know what my thoughts are on that? And they've always been it since the day you said that. I believe that that was a shot at Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett used to always say that. Because yeah, at that oh, time, him like, and Jason Tony weren't good he at all. Was. Jason yeah. and him were not good at all. You know, you go from going to all the Duke games, always seeing each other together and that. I've, I've always believed that that was a shot at Jason Garrett because Jason Garrett would always, would always say it, that. It would
2: be like if Kent made a video and the first scene was like, let's not fight. Like okay. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, I did a
3: I did a video yeah. on that uh, that that Romo speech. I remember that. Yeah. Gosh, the worst press conference
4: was. of all time. That was I mean so that was weird. just the
2: most it was a poem reading immature it was like, thing I've ever seen.
3: No one knew what was going to happen, and literally Tony uh, Tony walks in, stands on the podium because the way the Cowboys put it out there and PR said, "All right, Tony Romo is having a press conference at three o'clock." Because they like, didn't Okay, know. cool. We didn't know what it was about. We didn't. We thought, oh, he hasn't talked all year because he's been hurt. They're finally letting us talk to him, but they're putting him on the podium because they want it to be on TV or whatever. You know, so that made sense. So we all went out there, like fully expecting it to be normal. And then you know, Tony walks up there, and then David Moore starts going, "Tony, uh, can you?" And he, and he cuts him off, and he's like, "Hold on, Dave, let me say something real yeah. quick." Remember that? Well, and, I uh, think it's interesting like, what's that happening. That's interesting. Bring it up because
2: Academy Award for me.
1: For me covering this team, I started covering them in 2011, and my top four or five memories of covering this team are all negative things. It's the Dez catch. It's the Odell Beckham catch. It's that Tony Romo speech. It's Dax injury. And it's probably Dez <laughs> in the locker room saying, fix this shit, Rich. I mean, yeah. those are like, so can this team I win something? Oh, that was
4: that year. Wow.
1: Can I, can I, can I have some can this team make a, a Super Bowl run so that I can have some positive memories because that's where those are probably my five most memorable moments covering the
2: team Jeez. uh that can was I, my first year on the like working for the Cowboys and they were coming off the 2014 season and so everyone was like y'all just get ready like this is a Super Bowl team they you know that De- did des catch it I don't know but like this is a team that's coming hot so it I'm doesn't like matter, okay coming for it yeah yeah I'm so like, was, like we did they- the training camp was wild like every celebrity possible shows up that training camp because they're like these the 90s are back baby and then we go into that season and i was like this is god awful like is this how it has to happen and me and kent you know kent saved my life one time in new york that's another story but that was a bad year we went
3: up to new york for um matt castle's debut remember uh <laughs> yeah in new york oh my gosh what a what a blur Twenty two thousand fifteen 2015 was but yeah uh, i don't think that anybody
1: should think like because of how bad matt castle and and brandon whedon were and even mark sanchez that i i just get the feeling and maybe it's just from listening to the radio and, and being on twitter that people are thinking that andy dalton's gonna be like that like i'm telling you andy dalton's no. gonna be a lot better than those no, guys he's like fine. it's not gonna yeah. It's not going to be like that. And I understand those are, like, memories that are fresh in people's minds because, hey, let's be honest, the backup quarterback spot hasn't been something that they've spent on a lot in a long time. But, hey, oh, one more conspiracy theory. Not conspiracy, but just a random thought that makes – that people probably aren't going to like, but I don't care. Uh, how about the fact that, like, with the DAC injury, that they didn't pay him, and then they did – this is the one year they did get a backup quarterback. Like, the Cowboys are getting zero credit for that, and it really, like – yeah, they completely lucky. Like, like every of, quarterback
4: like, thing ever with them, they're lucky. It really
1: is. No, seriously, that's what I'm saying. Like, like whether it's Romo as an undrafted guy, Dak late in the fourth round, like the one year, like seriously, like Taylor. Since you've been around the team, like who's the best backup quarterback that you can remember outside of? Outside, I mean, were you around for Kellen. Kyle Orton?
2: Kellen. Okay. Kellen was the best. Uh, that's no, insane. No
4: that Kellen no breaking his ankle is what right? Yeah, know, got, I mean, everything came full circle. Kyle Let's Orton say, was pretty good. Quarterback back John Kitna.
3: John Kitna was probably the best. Yeah, that covered. was fine. You can yeah, find
4: guys who are fine if you try. If you don't try, you have Cooper Rush. They didn't try. Like they didn't want to do it. And it's, it's quite frankly, it's negligent is what it is. And you've seen them be negligent about multiple positions, the safety position. Wow. But Mark say the
2: Sanchez st- enters the chat. Oh,
4: hi, yeah, Mark. Mark. Yeah, Mark was important. Uh, Mark was important. You know the reason though, and I, this is not about 2016. God knows it's not about 2016. But Tony gets that. Tony gets that job back if that's what the locker room wanted. The locker room is looking around, going, "Man, this guy is awesome, and we've won ten in a row. Why would we go back to Tony? Like, I remember, let's, let's yeah, lose I remember. a couple games first, and then maybe we'll talk about it. But like, everyone, man, I had a player. I won't say who it is. Like, say it in person." Uh, he uh, during our radio show, say it, like, yeah, we'll just probably go with, you know, we'll, we'll just keep that. We don't need to make a change. When, yeah, no, I, that I gets remember We're good.
3: it was, I think it was after the Cleveland game when Dak, I think there was a rumor maybe that week uh, where, where it was like, okay, if Dak loses this game, Tony's this is a perfect time to bring Tony back. You know, he's coming off the injury and and, you know, they got can make a really big buy. run. Yeah, it was before the Pittsburgh game, I think. It was like – wasn't it after Cleveland, before Pittsburgh? Something like that. Yes. And I remember Dez said – was asked, and, and you know, what do you think about Tony coming back? And Dez said, literally, um, we know who our leader is, and it's number four. <laughs> and, like, when somebody like Dez Bryant at that point fully endorses this guy, you know, Dez fully could have said, like, yeah, he's playing really well, but Tony's our leader. And all that, like they had the they had the locker room. So I think the locker room would have revolted had they gone back to Tony. But here's a question for you guys: Do you think Tony texted or called Dak after the game on Sunday? Yes, yes. one thousand so?
2: percent.
3: Yes, he texted him, no doubt. Yeah, I think he texted him too. Yeah. No doubt. I don't know about I, a call. I think Dak
2: is just no. You don't catching think he did? Okay. maybe. I
4: think can Tony's can, beef, can, Tony's beef can, is
3: with Jason. It's not with Dak. Kent, Kent doesn't think he, he he did. That's why he's bringing this up. No, I was just wondering. I, I, I think just, I it think occurred he to did. me because Tony was at the game, and it's such a. I mean, that's the person that took your job out there on the ground on the field. I mean, I so it was. Oh yeah, I don't think he cares uh, the irony, about that, irony of the whole situation. I just it just occurred to me. I was like, I wonder if they're going to talk after this game is over about just how crazy this all is, you know? And <laughs> while
1: well, oh, I, I think good. that Tony would like to play longer than he did. And obviously, he would like to have won a Super Bowl with
3: the Dallas Cowboys. Here's a question: I don't think he's too upset about his current position. Do you no. think? Oh, he's not upset about that. But he's do you thrilled. think there was there was even an ounce of a one percent of a thought in Tony's head when he saw him down on the ground? No, it's like hey, nope, Jerry, no I'm walking down the there. stuff I've heard Tony's about. So how pumped. He, <laughs> the, the the stuff I've heard like him say
1: about how much stuff he needs done on his back on a day-to-day basis just to be able to play golf. No, he's no, he wasn't thinking about it.
2: Yeah. He didn't even, but you know who I bet was an interesting person to text or contact Dak was Garrett. I bet Garrett sent him like the longest heartfelt text, you know, you're a fighter, like everything. He probably heard from Mullins, like immediately. Mm -hmm. Witten immediately. Des, I bet you was like blowing his phone up, and he's like, "Bro, like I'm in surgery, like I can't
3: answer." <laughs> he's
4: like, told I'm him in the story waiting about room. The, probably told him a story about the Buddhist monk again, all in text, real long. Go, coach. like so I've heard it. Hey, I've heard
1: it. Hey, have you guys seen that video? I think it was WFAA, but someone yeah, it's, like it's great. Someone had someone had like uh, a video of him like showing up at the hospital, and as soon as they take him off on the stretcher, like he's holding the phone, like he's watching the Cowboys game on his on his phone. I mean, hey, I'm not used to this because I never worked on the TV side, but they mobilized quickly over like breaking news. And so clearly they had someone ready to go to whatever hospital it was that he was going. They must have known, you know, what hospital he was going to be. And it's and it's very short shot. It's like maybe, you know, I don't know, 15 seconds or whatever. But they have him like he gets off of the back of the uh, the ambulance. There is a doctor there who's in scrubs and has like uh, a cowboy's mask and he like gives him like a fist pound or whatever. And he's like out of the phone up and he's just like. He does not even seem bothered by the injury. Like it, that's, it still amazes me that he wasn't in a lot more pain just by how this disgusting that injury was. But yeah, he was like watching the game on his phone.
4: Dak, we've got to operate. He's like, if, if, Andy. Zerline, if Zerline doinks this thing, we got to operate. So you better hope this goes in. And I'll be damned. He nearly doinked it. Um, he's uh, like, and
2: what's that kicker's name again? You know, like they barely know each other. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, what's Dan Bailey doing? Oh wait, no, there's a new guy.
0: <laughs> Go Kai.
2: <laughs> Go Kai. Kai. It's
0: back to Kai.
4: Well, Taylor, now that you're here, I should tell you, you now joined the ranks of Mike Reiner, Kelsey Charles, Mike Pellucci, Saad Youssef, and Mike Reiner again in our weekly picks. We always pick the game, just to see. In first place okay. is Kent Garrison, who's 5-0, and much like the Seattle Seahawks. Um, at 4-1 and is me, um, and then 3-2 and is John, and 3-2 and is our guest picks. Taylor, you're up first. Pick the game. Give us a score just for fun. And uh, let us know you think going to win.
2: Mm, man, you know, I don't really have to be a homer anymore. So I actually think that the Cowboys are going to lose this one.
3: Oh.
4: Mm.
2: Um, and I think it's going to actually be a low-scoring game compared oh. to all the other ones. Yeah, I think it's going to be they lose 17-21. Um, it's, you know, they kind of come out with a hot start and everyone's like, oh, andy has got it still. And then I think that you start to see just them get chipped away a little bit. And it's just, it's a close one. They don't win this time.
4: Uh, let's go to John at three and two. Kent's going to go last this week. Cause he's five and
1: oh, I'm nervous right now. Cause first of all, I don't want to eat that uh, hot sauce. So, uh, <laughs> um, I can't lose the guest pickers here. I, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm going Cardinals too. 21 Cardinals win. Twenty four
4: twenty one. A Z. to have a little hope. Come on, y'all.
1: I'm looking out for myself right now. Okay, I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the game against. I can't fall behind here and risk having to eat or whatever. Are
3: we doing that that chip or are we doing the uh, hot sauce yeah, out of the bottle? N- yeah. No. Yeah. You do the last dab from. Uh from hot ones i have the the sauce right here on my desk and um, i'm gonna send it to your house and uh we're gonna be on zoom here and you do the little last dab and then we'll record the episode and we will see how last see how you can uh, get through the episode having just had the uh ghost pepper hot sauce
2: so crying
3: cowboys pass rush has made some
4: strides last week uh it was good to kind of see them get it in gear a little bit have some pressure the Cardinals have tightened up their offensive line through five games last year. They'd given up 21 sacks through five games this year. They've only given up eight. So it was a really an emphasis for Kyler was to, Hey, get rid of the ball. Don't take sacks, things like that. And they've added to the offensive line a little bit to try to fix that. I still think the Cowboys pass rush is going to give us a performance like they did last week. And think uh, I think we're about to see a little bit of improvement on defense. A little bit of buy-in happening as we move into month two of the new scheme. Oh, a little buy-in. Okay. A little buy-in, you know, finally. Um, I don't – I do – I will say this. I do think Jalen's game was a bit of an anomaly. Aside from the random stick-it-to-Dallas, uh, you know, flea flickers that Garrett was rolling out, I think it was a lot of, well, I know this playbook. I'll, I'll be in the right position to make plays. I do think that came into play. Um, if you get Leighton back – and I don't love him coming back this early, quite frankly, with a neck injury. And you get Cheeto back, I feel a little bit better about this. So I'm going Cowboys. As long as they do what they need to do, and that is come out and throw, because Arizona cannot help you. And Chandler Jones is hurt and ain't playing. Like, I just sling it and get ahead and take care of the ball. I'm going Cowboys. I'm going 31. I'm going 24. It's going to be a close one. 31-24, Cowboys. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I need to give the Cardinals more points for this defense. Hold on. Cowboys 34. The over-under is
1: 55.
4: Cowboys 34. Cardinals 28. I can see that. Oh,
3: this is tough. This is a tough one, right? This is tough. Do I do I take like, like KT picks so that if he loses and I lose, we're both it's the same – same score. do I go to the opposite? And if he loses and I win, I, I just – I may run away with this thing, you know.
4: This Week point. six, it's too early for strategy, man. Just go uh, with your heart. Yeah, I mean no. I just – No, it's not.
3: That's the, never I, John, too early. John's doing strategy. No. Yeah, there's never um, too early. Class. I don't want blonde hair. war. So I, I'm going to – I'm going to go with – shoot, I'll go with my gut instinct. I don't care. I'm not going to play strategy. I'm going to go Cardinals. Um I think that's a pretty good point that Taylor made earlier. might be a little overlooked. Um, Surely not overlooked. It's going to be mentioned 5,000 times on the broadcast, I'm sure. But the fact that Kyler has played in this stadium at a high, high level at some big moments of his life before, I think he's not going to be phased by this situation at all. And um, this Cowboys defense does not do well with mobile quarterbacks who have an arm, and uh, Kyler Murray sure does. And with the amount of weapons that they have and the way this defense is... Um, I'm 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 slide edging the Cardinals on this one, um, just because it's, it's such an emotional transition into Andy Dalton. I think it might take a little bit. I think they'll be fine in the end. I think they'll still win this division, but it might take a little bit longer than we expect. So I'll take Arizona here, twenty-seven, twenty-four. All
2: right, I like it, Kent. I like. Let's it. Let's go.
3: Let's go. Let's. let's We're see really what we got starting here. to fall off the ship here. Yeah. We're yes. starting to go. We're starting to go against the Cowboys more and more here. So I mean, what?
2: It's 2020,
3: dude. Like, yeah, the freaking Giants almost beat them last week. So yeah, I mean, like I can't. No, that's completely know. legitimate.
4: They're about to turn up. Y'all ain't ready for I, this.
2: I uh, my last game working was the Browns. Obviously, great mems. And um, you know, I was walking in with Mickey, who was very kind to me. Said some great kind words to me, and he said. You know, I said, Mickey, are they gonna win today? And he goes, Well they better. And I said, Well what happens if they lose? He the goes, fine well, win. And they're not they're not very good. And so I mean, Mickey said it. Now there is he that. He's also picking the Cowboys this week, but you know, he said Unlike it that day. What week? <laughs> what
3: has wow. he ever gone against them? <laughs> well, we'll find out, won't we? Kidding. We'll find out. <laughs> 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 All right. oh. love that guy uh-huh.
1: that made me think of I something and i just you bring up that story just totally <laughs> took my mind off
3: whatever i was gonna say that's good
4: excellent taylor uh, what's um
3: what's uh you and know, before we end this since you are you know again taylor did leave leave uh, cowboys.com this past uh you know month or so but uh what's like one big story that sticks out to you from covering the Cowboys. Funny or something like that that you can share with the listener. Like a behind the scenes kind of kinda nugget. And then after um, that,
1: after that, hold on, hold that thought. After that,
3: who in the organization
1: did you dislike? Yeah, who the do you most? hate the most? And <laughs> yes, wish- yes, 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 yes. <laughs> No one they're not There's listening no
2: Dave Hellman.
1: <laughs> other than Hellman. Yeah. We all familiar. hate other? Hellman, okay? It's gotta be other than I, Hellman.
2: Yeah, it's a hate Hellman Club. Um Honestly, Kent is a main part of this story. And I'm not just saying that to like boost his ego. But Kent and I were very tight while we worked there. And the biggest story that sticks out to me is from the 2015 season. And it's when they were just absolutely not good. And they go and they have a bye weekend. And everyone's kind of like, well, they'll turn it around. Like, you know, Matt Castle debut, et cetera, et cetera. So Garrett has this hair idea to go to the 9 11 museum, and we f- fly out on Friday instead um, of a normal Saturday flying out. And at the last minute, literally like last minute, I get a call and they're like, Hey, you're on the plane, you're going up with them. Because most everybody from the dot com side was coming in on Saturday. So, me, Kent, Shannon, I think Jeremiah, that was it, who went ahead early. And, you know, you really didn't know what to expect because I just had never been to the museum myself. And I think it was one of the most like emotional, intimate, non-exploited times that I've been around the Cowboys. And I don't say that as a knock to them, but it, you know, most things that they do, they're broadcasted for all to see. And even when it's not like, you know, about an AK Hall of Fame party, because that's probably number two, which was amazing. That was but. Sad. That was amazing. That was the best night. But um, that night was so incredibly special because it just meant so much being at the museum. Kind of the emotions of, you know, everything. And then I think it was just such a fun time because there was no cameras. I mean, Kent did make a video of it, but it was very true to us. And I think he was the only one who could make a video about it. So I think that's probably my best story. And memory that I hold on to is that dinner we had at the top of mm-hmm. one one twin or what do they call it now? One tower, one tower. One world, yeah, it one, was one awesome. uh, one
3: World Trade Center. And then uh, Christian Michael wore didn't wear a suit, and then he got cut like the next day. <laughs> did Jason you know Garrett say, say anything at that?
1: Yeah, yeah, he gave a speech.
3: Did. I did a I did a video, like it literally has the speech in there. Um, like it might be on the Cowboys website still. I mean, this that, was, that type this was of stuff is ago, literally
1: I what I think is Jason Garrett is the best. Like, I have it. Oh, I, he I have it in my personal like uh, file. Right. Jason Garrett is the man. At, like, it was amazing. Like that, he gave
3: it was about like um, rising up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was about overcoming adversity. It was you know, it was about here's why we're here. Here's why I'm taking you guys here because these people didn't just. Um, it was about the rebuilding of the tower, and it was like they didn't just rebuild the towers; they did it bigger and better than before. They came back stronger than before. And it was, of course you can imagine where Jason Garrett took that. Um, there's a lot of things about
1: him so that bothered good. me over yeah. the years, like just covering the team. Cause obviously his job was to not allow us to know everything that was going on. So there's definitely some times where he bothered me, but there's a lot of things that he did over the years and said that I saw that where I was like, man, that's really motivating. Like, he, like most yeah, people don't like think t- like that. Don't, Yeah. Yeah absolutely like like things that you just don't expect like you don't you don't see in your everyday life that I'll I'll always uh remember that that's why I do think that it was interesting that he was you know at that game uh and and right there and I and everything about him coming out there when Dak was out there completely genuine like they were so and, and oh, so yeah. are close and that I mean the way he went up to him before the game started when, he, when Dak was warming up and stuff like that like uh yeah it was that whole that that whole game's gonna be very memorable for me
2: Yeah, and I think the second one, obviously, being Hall of Fame party. I mean,
3: (laughs) Justin Timberlake. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah, that was the best night. I mean, you're just standing there, and you're like, there's every Hall of Fame football player. Yeah, (laughs) that was
3: nuts.
2: And is in this tent. There's Warren Buffett. There's like you know every every celebrity that was there this weekend. You know, it was just. It was a normal Friday night for me, but for some, I think it was pretty (laughs) special.
1: For some, they will never forget. (laughs)
2: Yeah. For others, like, God bless them. But, like, for me, average Wednesday. I'm doing that after this.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think it was on the uh, All or Nothing 2017 um, Amazon show that they have some – some footage from that party if you want to go back and watch that. But yeah, that those are great memories. Tay. And one other, other memory from that New York game is Dwayne Harris returning a, what was it? A kickoff or a punt for a touchdown against us, uh, in that game for the giants. Um, but yeah, wow. What a time for the Cowboys right now. And KT, um, I guess we'll be back Tuesday morning with an episode.
4: Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday morning. And, uh, Make sure you just uh, keep following The Athletic. I highly recommend the Jamie Newberg and Levi Weaver piece on the Rangers yes. from 10 years ago and the Cliff Lee deal. That was incredible. John, we got our Bruce Gradkowski piece coming tomorrow on Andy yes, Dalton. That would get yes, me hyped sir. for the Cowboys' big win on Monday night coming up. Well, I'm right telling you, man, he's,
1: even if he didn't play with Andy, he's interesting to talk to because so what he does for Pro Football Focus is he's the guy that grades all the quarterbacks, and so – Every weekend, he has to watch every single quarterback throw. So he has to get the all 22, all cut ups and watch every single one and grade every single quarterback. So it's like, this isn't like some guy that just is a former teammate that now he, uh, you know, just golfs every day. Like he's still watching film on every quarterback every weekend. And, And so, yeah, no, he had some really good insight about not just playing with Andy, but then what he expects of him with, with this group of receivers and what the Cowboys have.
2: Sweet. Yeah, that's where I tell you that my next career now is I'm doing that, but for um, special teams players. Okay. Also, nice. um, it's the long snapper for me. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Could <laughs> you, you tackle the these? Only, yeah, you're gonna be a beat writer that only exclusively covers punting and kicking. Could
4: so you
0: tackle these punting and kicking content
2: for me? from
3: Tay?
0: What? She has
1: a different long snapper on her show once a week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, what would the name be? What would the name be, last thing? What would the name be of that show? Oh, the podcast? Yeah.
1: No, no, something. Let sewer has to be in there somewhere. It has somewhere. to be <laughs> like uh, uh,
3: Bend and Snap. I don't know.
4: <laughs> what? I don't know, man. I don't, don't that. Come
3: on.
2: That's hilarious. That's amazing, get Bend and Snap. I actually think that would be the title, and it would be like, but it would be like LP doing the movement.
3: Unfair catch. (laughs) Let's just stay as far away from LP as humanly possible. That'd that'd be better. By the way. All right.
4: Sorry for taking this so off the wheels. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, All right.
2: Well, thanks, guys. I'm sure I'll never be back on. Appreciate you.
3: (laughs) Thanks for coming, Tay. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Tay,
2: what? Thank you. All right. Bye, David Moore, too.
3: For
4: Taylor Stern, for Father John Michauda, I've got a question for you, Tony. Uh, For your producer, Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll talk to you on Tuesday morning after the Cowboys beat the Cardinals on the next episode of About Them Cowboys. I'm right. They're going to win.